Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. There is no zero risk in life. We've got that story plus the latest from the Foo Fighters. But first, George Soros and Bill Gates just teamed up to buy a COVID testing company. This from WesternJournal.com. High-profile billionaires George Soros and Bill Gates are part of a group that's buying a company that makes rapid COVID-19 tests. The purchase of MoLogic Limited was announced by Open Society Foundations, of course, which was founded by George Soros. A release on the foundation's website said the purchase creates Global Access Health, G-A-H, a social enterprise that will seek to expand access to affordable, state-of-the-art medical technology through decentralized research, development, and manufacturing in and for the Global South. About 41 million, 40, 41 million will be ponied up by the buyers, which include the Soros Economic Development Fund and, of course, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The company's tests are essentially screening tests designed to identify the presence of the disease in people who show no symptoms. Then there's, James, also this kind of strange aside in the middle of the article that also says, according to Telegraph, MoLogic last month said it planned to sue the British government because Britain had not permitted the tests to be used as planned, which I can only guess is some sort of, you know, some sort of business clause like, uh, you didn't follow through on our, you know, handshake agreement business thing, so we're going to sue you over it. The statement announcing the purchase did not provide any information about the status of any lawsuit, so whatever. MoLogic, which really, as I look at the word, looks like Molek to me, but I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist. MoLogic, founded in 2003 by CEO Mark Davis and his pops, Paul Davis, who serves as the company's chief scientific officer, Paul Davis, said he used the same technology used for the COVID-19 testing to create the clear blue home pregnancy tests. James, I definitely didn't see that one coming, but much like I mentioned recently on The Morning Monarchy, we could add the new pregnant man emoji to this story. Good God. Yeah, uh, yeah, interesting. Well, I guess <laughs> the uh, the idea that tens of millions of dollars are being thrown around to the companies that are finding ways to make money off the scandemic is not particularly... Um, groundbreaking. But what's interesting to me about this story is the combination of Gates and Soros, because as we know, um, Warren Buffett recently bailed ship on the Gates Foundation, as people may or may not have followed that development after Gates, of course, started to implode. So the fact that Soros is continuing to team up with the Gates Foundation on certain ventures, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how that relationship may or may not blossom from this point forward. But there's clearly one part of this that I think this is aimed at. There, In the actual um, news release from the Open Society Foundation, they say, the transaction is important in that it transitions a world-class for-profit company into a social enterprise and allows it to entirely reinvest its profits in pursuing these goals. This transformation will give it the ability to address gaps in the provision of global diagnostics in low-income communities and regions that profit-focused businesses have failed to address. So, as we know, $41 million between Soros and Gates is peanuts. They have that sitting in their couch cushions. But, man, does it provide some good PR. Uh, look, 
after Gates, you know, put his foot in his mouth with the whole, well, of course these should be for profit. Of course these vaccine companies need to get as much money as possible. Oh, people breaking patents, that's horrible. And even the MSM had to say, well, whoa, hey, what's going on here? That's not on script. You shouldn't be saying that. Well, this is a way to buy some PR, I think, essentially to say, look, we still care about the poor people around the world and we'll give them our loving diagnostics so they can follow along with the scandemic at home. That's my read on this. Um, but as you say, yeah, some interesting nuggets buried in there about Mologic and what deals it may or may not have with the UK government. Je- definitely some juicy morsels for some researchers in the crowd to dig into if they are so inclined. And I hope they will follow through on that and report back to headquarters about what they find on that mm-hmm. uh, story. James, I'll also include a link that explains what the global north and the global south is. I actually was unfamiliar with that. They mentioned it in that article. Global south looks to essentially be the southern sort of western hemisphere. I'll include a link to that article. And, of course, Gates won't be the last Epstein-connected person mentioned on this episode 452 of New World Next Week. James, as hellscape continues... World Health Organization leader says virus risk inevitable at Tokyo Olympics. We grab this from the Associated Press. The Tokyo Olympics should not be judged by the tally of COVID cases that arise because eliminating risk is impossible, so said the head of the World Health Organization, talking to sports officials as the events have begun in Japan. How infections are handled is what matters most, who Director General Tedros said in a speech to the International Olympic Committee meetings, the mark of success is making sure that any cases are identified, isolated, traced, and cared for as quickly as possible, and onward transmission is interrupted, he said. The number of games-linked COVID-19 cases in Japan this month was already 79 on Wednesday, which is still the day of the week as I come to you here in the States, with more international athletes testing positive at home and unable to travel. Health experts in Japan have warned of the Olympics becoming a super spreader event, bringing tens of thousands of athletes, officials, and workers to the country during a local state of emergency, which really strikes me, James. It's like, hey, that's how the vaccines were deployed, too, under an emergency declaration. Testing is currently underway. Our friends and family are the guinea pigs. There is no zero risk in life, said Tedros who began his keynote speech minutes after the first softball game began in where? Fukushima. James? Yeah, yeah, that pretty much says it all, doesn't it? And this actually underlines exactly what I've been saying about the sort of unique Japanese response to the scandemic throughout all of this. Ever since I started covering it last year on the questions for Corbett, how is Japan reacting to the crisis? And I pointed out, because of Tokyo 2020, and they don't want to upset the apple cart there, they're going. They're pretending, oh, it's all fine, there's no problem, don't worry, we can press ahead, there's no problem. And they've been doing that for a year and a half now, essentially. Um, and they're continuing to do it now. There's no zero risk in life, but we're doing everything we can. It doesn't matter about cases. It's just about how you react to them and deal with them, blah, blah, blah. The exact kind of things that are the exact opposite of how every other country is reacting. Oh my God, three cases in all of Australia. Let's shut the country down or whatever. That kind of nonsense. Um, so why? Again, why is it? Oh, well, you don't have to speculate very hard. It's because they want the Olympic scam games to go on as as planned. The show must go on 
And so we're just going to say whatever we have to say and contradict absolutely everything we're saying everywhere else in the world. Because in this particular instance, we can say, oh, there's no net, there's no zero risk in life. And we'll just have to press on and go forward and blah, blah, blah. Everywhere else, it's like, no, you can't even go to a restaurant without a vaccine in your arm. A vaccine, quote unquote. So, um, yeah, so th- this is this is obvious to everyone, including, of course, the Japanese. They are not stupid. They understand the scam that is taking place right in front of them. And that's actually interestingly underlined in an article that's up on Japan Today right now. Tokyo's drinkers drown frustrations over virus restrictions, comma, Olympics, which notes that uh, there is a a state of emergency in Tokyo right now, which um, the it, it means the government is asking businesses to that serve alcohol to uh, close and or stop serving alcohol. I'm not sure which it is at 8 p.m. because of course that's the magic time at which the virus comes out. Right, blah blah blah. Um, but there, this article notes a lot of people are just uh, drinking outdoors and just are continuing to go to the nightlife districts and continuing as normal. Um, Bustling with defiant customers is the way they say it. And they quote, there's an interesting quote here. It's not that we are breaking the rules just because we're against the inconsistency between politicians' words and actions, this woman said, referring to a 40-person reception for International Olympic Committee members on Sunday that included the Prime Minister and the Governor of Tokyo. But when you see such things, you might think that rule breakers were right in doing what they're doing. And it says, uh, it goes on to say, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee reception, happened at a time when the public is barred from going to parties or even attending most Olympic events. But of course, the big dignitaries can have their shindigs. Again, we've seen this all over the world in so many different instances where the public health experts are saying, don't do this, don't do this. And they are doing that exact same thing with each other, laughing at the public behind their backs. It's evident everywhere. It's evident here in Japan. This is what's happening. It is the Scam Olympics, and they're going ahead, hell or high water. And it's sort of turning into the Narnar Olympics, as you might call it there in the media monarchy kingdom, because... uh, Some of the headlines coming out, Bear Alert hits softball at Olympic Games opener. Or uh, how about this one? Fears Tokyo 2020 Olympics athletes will be swimming in poo and catch E. coli amid suspected sewage leak. So yeah, there's some definite craziness going on here. And they are trying as desperately as they can. But everything's fine. Nothing's happening. It's the uh, the Leslie Nielsen meme. Nothing to see here. Go away. You know, and things are exploding behind them. Um, but still, just a couple of days ago, uh, we had Tokyo 2020 chief refuses to rule out last-minute Olympic Games cancellation. So they're still leaving that on the table. Uh, as we record this, which is Wednesday night in the U.S., it's all going ahead. I'm expecting it all to continue to go ahead. But who knows? The The other possibility with this is they will use some, oh, there's some, like, super spreader at the Olympic Village, and this will be, like, some focus for the next wave of scamdemic hype. Oh, you know, look at what happened in Japan, and millions died because of this horrible Olympics, or whatever they're going to gin it up as. That is a possibility. The other possibility is, nothing to see here, nothing's happening, and they'll, as they say, defer it all until after the Olympics. That's when I really expect all of the craziness that's taking place all around the world will descend on Japan. We'll see what actually happens. Of course, I'll be here to report on it firsthand. Uh, James, I kind of thought the missing Ugandan athlete story could have actually turned into the patient zero on the loose in Japan. Well, the latest news is 
they found Guy and he's on his way back to Uganda. I guess basically some Ugandan athletic team didn't qualify, so they had to leave Japan and basically one guy wasn't there. I guess they weren't doing their hand-holding buddy system things, James. The talk about the rules. This reminds me of, again, as I'm apt to do, making pop culture analogies. It's like, don't feed the mogwais after midnight. They might turn into gremlins. It's like, well, what if I'm on a plane and there's a time zone change? None of your rules make any sense. And you can really actually kind of make fun of it. So remember, don't feed your mogwais after midnight and don't be out drinking in Japan after eight because that's how, of course, you know, helter skelter all breaks loose. Zero risk to me also kind of sounds like what the crazy conspiracy theorists like us, who, of course, have been removed and kicked off of platforms the last year and a half are saying, even if this is what you're saying it is, you're destroying society and completely going against any type of you know, human sovereignty or freedom. As I've said many times on the show, if I got cooties and died, that doesn't change the freedom argument about what's been done to this world. So yeah, zero risk. Again, sounds like what we've been saying for the last year and a half, just like it's okay for, I guess, Fraudchi and the rest to go, oh yeah, what we've been saying for the last year and a half. James, in related news, this is an interesting one to me and... I wanted to include it as a related Memphis, Tennessee, COVID-19 overflow hospital closes without ever seeing a single patient. I believe it was a $51 million facility that they converted into this super COVID overflow. Never saw a single patient. Can you imagine how much use that $51 million might be to, I don't know, Memphis businesses destroyed by whatever they say this is? I bought a lot of records while in Memphis on our recent road trip. Speaking of my perfect transitions to our third and final story on this New World Next Week, episode 452, Foo Pfizer's Vaxxed-only concert canceled after Vaxxed band member gets COVID. We grabbed this one from themadtruther.com. And again, everything we say and mention on New World Next Week, always documented down in your show notes. The Foo Fighters' anticipated return to the stage in Los Angeles was postponed after someone within the organization tested positive for COVID. The band did not reveal who tested positive. I mean, it, honestly, it could literally be like a drum tech or a guitar tech or their chef or who knows. In June, though, the Foo Fighters held a concert at Madison Square Garden MSG in New York that was billed as being for a vaccinated audience only. Attendees of the 21 and over had to show proof of vaccination upon entering the venue. Rick Schroeder, people might remember from Silver Spoons and I think late era um, NYPD Blue. I might be wrong on that one. Rick Schroeder, that actor, was outside their New York concert protesting. Apparently he's a giant truther. Hit me up, buddy. Foo Fighters vaccinated only concert protested by anti-vaxxer, so says the Jakarta Post. But meanwhile, the New York Yankees July 15th series opener against the Boston Red Sox was uh, abruptly postponed after three fully vaccinated Yankees players tested positive for COVID. So riddle me this, Batman. Why are the most vaccinated people and places having the worst breakthrough scariest problems? Yeah, James, hold on just a second before your answer. I want to go all esoteric. As a related to Dave Grohl and his maybe some small relief from Rona Hellscape, I was quite surprised to see the latest email 
from CovertActionMagazine.com. Again, they've been around for decades, and generally it's about espionage and geopolitics. So I was kind of surprised to see the latest from Covert Action Magazine, new declassified FBI file on Cobain compounds evidence implicating wife's role in murder. And we will include the link to vault.fbi.gov on May 7th. The FBI quietly and without fanfare declassified 10 pages of never-before-seen documents relating to Kurt Cobain's death, which alongside a massive accumulated evidence suggests that the agency had purposely avoided looking into the radical activist musician's death. As Covert Action writes, one potential explanation for this failure could be due to the CIA's involvement in the murder. You might remember the church committee, the U.S. Senate's church committee back in 77, their investigation of MKUltra, along with later revelations detailing how the U.S. intelligence community particularly focused on using drugs and female assets against activist musicians. The article goes on to state, Courtney Love's father, Hank Harrison, ex-manager of the Grateful Dead, Courtney appeared in Epstein's guest book, gah! Starting to wonder, James, if maybe a lot of the whole corporate alternative thing in the 90s where just somehow the biggest stars have the deepest military and media connections. I'm wondering if the Alterna 90s thing was just as big an intelligence operation as Laurel Canyon. We can go from the Warlocks, a.k.a. the Grateful Dead, attendees of the Bohemian Grove, which should pretty much be going on right about now. We can go in a couple of handshakes from the Warlocks to the Dave Grohl organization and what we've talked about recently on New World Next Week, the fake, fake punks getting the real jab. And what really I see is just, the, I mean, like we've all been talking about, this tiered biomedical surveillance society pushed by who? Those evil Republicans when they were in office and pushed by who? Those evil Democrats now that they're in office. Both sides, all two sides. Come on now, people. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Maybe... Maybe that was a message Kurt was sending to us about Laurel Canyon. Anyway, deep esoteric dives aside, canceling vaxxed-only concerts because of cooties is some low-hanging lulls, James, but I will take them. But besides busting on corporate rock liars, again, to go back to my question, why are the most vaccinated having the most problems? Yeah, I mean, that, that question speaks for itself in the potential answers. But uh, I, I guess the uh, the Foo Pfizer's um, medical scamdemic doctors didn't get the message. No, 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 you got to turn the PCR test down to 20 cycles, not the 40. Uh, you forgot. Now you're getting the false positives. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, it, the, the Covert Action uh, Magazine article is interesting. It's un so unfortunate that they choose to frame it on this FBI release, because when you actually click through and read the FBI release, it is less than a nothing burger. It is just, you know, earnest teenagers, presumably, writing on flower paper letterhead. Uh, you know, I think Kurt didn't kill himself, and I watched a TV show about it. <laughs> and the FBI sending out form letters to say, well, thank you for your time, blah, blah, blah. And there's, there's truly, truly, truly nothing in that release. Um, in fact, I found an e-online article that was more truthful about what this FBI release <laughs> is actually about. Kurt Cobain file released by FBI 27 years after his death, where they, uh, they, they, they actually describe what these records are. Having said that, the rest of this article is absolutely worth reading because it does detail so much of that 
story that, yeah, clearly stinks to high heaven. Absolutely. The Kurt Cobain murder case. There's so many different connections in there. And yeah, Courtney and her connections. I would love to see someone out there do a deep dive into Courtney Love, because I know all the little bits and pieces of the Courtney story and little factoids here and there, but someone who could just compile that all into a good documentary, I would love to see that, because there's absolutely something happening there. Anyway, um, so with that caveat in mind, I would recommend this article. And I don't know anything about this author who wrote this, John Potash, but he has written The FBI War on Tupac Shakur and Black Leaders and Drugs as Weapons Against Us, The CIA War on Musicians and Activists, which obviously sounds like fodder for the kingdom, I would say, over their media monarchy. So um, anyway, uh, it's a good find. I'm certainly interested to dig deeper into that. And there are, there are definitely dead people that surround the case, the guys that are in Nick, Nick uh, Broomfield's Kurt and Courtney documentary. Um, it's really interesting. Cause again, what, I mean, what did Courtney love say on the red carpet years before me too? And years before Trump, Hey, do you have any advice for young girls trying to break into Hollywood? Yeah. If Harvey Weinstein invites you to his hotel room, do not go a really just, again, lots of interesting characters within the, I don't know, the pop culture landscape, James. The same thing in some ways with somebody like Kanye, who in so many times seems to speak out against the system, but then goes and makes a bunch of sweatshop Adidas bullcrap and does the same old thing. Really interesting stuff. And that will conclude this really interesting episode 452 of New World Next Week. James, I didn't mention last week about how we use my American post office box for folks who don't do the digital money thing that want to support New World Next Week, that want to support Corporate Report, that want to support Media Monarchy, you can find the post office box and all the support links. They will, of course, be in the show notes. Thinking a bit more about this lately as just this last week, our buddy Ryan at The Last American Vagabond, who I got to meet in real life on the road. There is a picture in the members-only Media Monarchy community proving it. I got to meet Ryan Christian of The Last American Vagabond he was deplatformed by PayPal this past week. And on top of all that, not only just getting, what is it called, essentially like permanently suspended. We didn't kick you off because that might be some legal problems for us later. We just perpetually put you in the penalty box and they stole his money. So that's what's going on with PayPal. We know what's happened with Patreon with you, James. And of course, it could be coming for any of us at any moment. So that's why we generally like to not pull out all our eggs in one basket. I do have PayPal and Patreon and Subscribestar and Post Office Box and cryptocurrency. And the other thing I forgot to mention, although I guess you did mention it last week on New World Next Week, the publishing schedule of New World Next Week that folks have known and loved for the previous decade or so slowed it down just a little bit to give you and Brock a little bit of just breathing room and give Media Monarchy actually a little bonus exclusive action. I play the exclusive New World Next Week audio on the morning Monarchy stream on Thursday mornings, probably like 12 hours before New World Next Week is published anywhere. And everybody can check that out at MediaMonarchy.com slash listen. James? Absolutely. It's almost like what those crazy conspiracy theorists have been saying for the last decade and a half, that maybe these controlled uh, banking and financial platforms are the root of the evil of the problem, and we have to get off of that, but... Crypto? What's that? I never use that. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so P.O. Box is a good alternative, especially for people in the U.S. there. Having said that, please keep in mind it is not electronic payment, so it takes time. It will take weeks, if not months, to process your membership. 
So it's not going to be the uh, the 24-7 total instant access that <laughs> that you may want. But this is life, and this is how it works as they start deplatforming us, and it gets harder and harder to do what we're going to do. We're going to continue doing it. And on that note, we're going to be here again next week. So, James, thank you again for the stories, and looking forward to talking to you again next week. As always, thanks so much, buddy. Take care.